Welcome. I'm Lon Schiffbauer, and today we're going to talk about the Protestant work ethic, or actually, I think Weber calls it the Protestant ethic and the spirit of capitalism. Again, this is by Max Weber. Uh, the reason I slipped into Protestant work ethic is this is the work that really kind of coined that phrase. You're probably familiar with it. You've heard it before. But today we're going to talk about what the Protestant work ethic is really all about. This is a significant reading for us because, remember, one of the purposes of Business 1050, the foundations of business thought, is to really explore what were the original business ideas, concepts, and philosophies that sort of gave rise to how we do business today. And I maintain that many of the attitudes that you and I hold toward work and business and wealth and prosperity are really founded in this, uh, this work that Weber put together, the Protestant ethic and the spirit of capitalism. In this work, he talks about how Calvinists, a, uh, a branch of the Protestant Christian religion, really kind of redefined what the purpose of wealth building was and in a way made business and the accumulation of wealth no longer a sordid uh, activity in the eyes of religion. So we're going to talk about that. As you know, religion, which was the prevailing purveyor of moral and ethical thought, in the early days of business, took a really dim view of the accumulation of wealth. It was suspicious of philosophies that they kind of saw as promoting greed and avarice. Also, as religion saw it, business distracted mankind from pursuing their place in heaven and instead turned their efforts toward the accumulation of wealth and worldly luxuries. However, this began to change as the Calvinists came onto the scene. A little bit about Calvinism. Calvinism believed in predestination, the idea that one's place in heaven, or that other place, had already been decided. This kind of left Calvinists in somewhat of a quandary. How can you know whether or not you had been chosen or selected to be saved? Obviously, this is something that you have somewhat of a vested interest in knowing. So that was a big deal. So they were always looking for signs that they had been favored of God and had a seat waiting for them in paradise. Now, far and away, the best indication of their place in heaven was their contribution to the community through their hard work. After all, the logic being, if I'm predestined to go to heaven, then it must stand to reason that I'm a good person. And what does a good person do? Well, they work hard, they contribute to the community, they live a humble and ascetic lifestyle. After all, this is what Jesus did, and it seemed to have worked out for him, so there's the model we're following. This philosophy introduced an evolving attitude toward wealth. To this population, the Calvinists, wealth itself was not the sin, but rather the things that wealth could potentially bring about if we're not careful. As Max Weber explained, wealth is thus bad ethically only insofar as it is a temptation to idleness and sinful enjoyment of life, and its acquisition is bad only when it is with the purpose of later living merrily and without care. 
In fact, Calvinists believed not only that wealth in and of itself wasn't necessarily bad, it was in fact the inevitable result of living an ascetic, Puritan life. So here's how that logic played out. First, life is short, so you'd better use every moment the best you can to secure your place in heaven, or at least to show that you're worthy of it. As Weber explained, waste of time is thus the first and, in principle, the deadliest of sins. The span of human life is infinitely short and precious to make sure of one's own election, you know, whether or not you'd been chosen for salvation. For this reason, laziness and sloth were considered the very worst possible sins. After all, if you have only a short time on this earth to demonstrate your value to God, wasting time had eternal consequences. As Weber pointed out, waste of time for the first and in principle deadliest of sins, loss of time through sociability, idle talk, luxury, even more sleep than is necessary for health, six to at most eight hours, is worthy of absolute moral condemnation. The Calvinists took special offense to those who today we might define as, say, panhandlers. As Weber put it, the wish to be poor, it was often argued, was the same as wishing to be unhealthy. It is objectionable as a glorification to the works and derogatory to the glory of God, especially begging, on the part of one who is able to work, is not only sin and slothfulness, but a violation of the duty of brotherly love according to the apostle's own word. So, pretty serious stuff. Second, according to this work philosophy, a person's job wasn't just a job, it was a holy calling from God. As Weber explained, for everyone, without exceptions, God's providence has prepared a calling, which he should profess and in which he should labor. It is a direct consequence of the divine scheme of things. In addition, Weber went on to say, as performance of duty in a calling is not only morally permissible, but actually enjoined, enjoined meaning required, you have to do it. Furthermore, the emphasis on the ascetic importance of a fixed calling provided an ethical justification of the modern socialized division of labor. In similar ways to providing interpretation of profit-making justified the activities of businessmen. What's more, this philosophy was used to bring divine justification to the division of labor. And wherever one might find his or herself, that was where you were supposed to be. As Weber put it, the differentiation of men into classes and occupations established through historical development was a direct result of divine will. The perseverance of the individual in the place and within the limits God has assigned to him was a religious duty. So in other words, it's your job and your religious duty to do that which has been placed before you because that's where God put you. Third, God didn't care much for those living in luxury, okay, those luxurious lifestyles. He wasn't keen on that. In Calvinism, living an aesthetic lifestyle was the best way to show your humility and virtue to God. As Weber explained, 
This worldly Protestant asceticism acted powerfully against the spontaneous enjoyment of possessions. It restricted consumption, especially of luxuries, the campaign against the temptation of the flesh, and dependence on eternal things was not a struggle against the rational acquisition, but against the irrational use of wealth. In other words, no, you can totally accumulate wealth. That's great. But the idea of using it to live a luxurious lifestyle, no, that's not the purpose of developing and gathering, acquiring wealth. So what is the purpose? Well, here's the fourth. Investing was the name of the game. Here's the idea. You're going to work your butt off six days a week, so you're going to make a lot of money. That's just inevitable. But you're not really allowed to spend the money more than is necessary to meet your ascetic needs. So what do you do with that, all that money that you're earning? Well, you invest it in the community. As Weber pointed out, the Calvinist would cite the parable of the servant and the talents of evidence as the importance and divine injunction to invest our funds. Following this line of thought, the inevitable result is wealth. As Weber put it, when the limitation of consumption, in other words, don't spend it, is combined with the release of acquisitive activity, in other words, go ahead and work your butt off and earn money, the inevitable practical result is obvious, accumulation of capital through aesthetic compulsion to save. The restraints which were imposed upon the consumption of wealth naturally served to increase it by making possible the productive investment of capital. In other words, if you don't spend it, you invest it, and that creates even more wealth. So basically, this philosophy is saying that if you're productive and you treat your job as a calling, you'll make money. And if you don't spend that money on luxuries, but invest it in the community, as the scriptures tell us to do, you'll accumulate even more wealth. And so in the end, wealth is the inevitable result of a moral life. And because, as the French economist Thomas Piketty, I don't know how to pronounce that, but as he put it, wealth begets wealth. The society at large prospers tremendously, as well as do you. And because the Calvinist turned something that had been looked upon skeptically by religion, accumulation of wealth, into something that was required to secure one's place in heaven, this had a tremendous effect on business philosophy going forward, even to today. There you go. There's your high-level view of Max Weber and the Protestant work ethic. I hope you enjoyed. We'll see you later.